is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, London, London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon Joe, my host, Nick. Dan, though, is is not with us, Nick. He is alive and well, actually, just mm-hmm. on vacation. Yep. Uh, one, one celebratory Disney trip. Um, so they're... They're just taking it easy, Dan and Terry, this weekend, uh, which is good because we all need a break. And the season's long, and uh, we're we're kind of pushing Dan out to to get some uh, some relaxation. So that means we had to bring in someone really special, someone who the people love, someone who has recently uh, reached celebrity status. Brandon, who is this person? That's right. We've got Abby Mack joining us back, fresh off the Reading and Leeds main stage, Woo! hanging out with us. Welcome back, Abby. Thanks for having me back, guys. Good to see you both. Yeah, it's obviously been a fun, fun little jaunt. We we're just talking about our Champions League, uh, uh, you know, I guess memories and how that went for for each of us and our different perspectives, but. Um, how, I guess, how have you been? You've had some awesome life changes. You were just taking in the Villa match as well. It sounds like, you know, everything is going well. Yeah, it's been an amazing summer for me just because live music is back, getting to put on shows again, getting to DJ in front of people, not just in my kitchen, uh, getting <laughs> to to host the main stage at Reading Festival, which has been on my bucket list for years. It was like the first festival that I went to when I really started getting into music as a teenager and yeah that's just been the marker that's the festival for me so the fact that I got to host the main stage this year was the biggest buzz honestly guys I can't explain to you how great it feels to just walk out onto a stage and see like a hundred thousand people can you imagine the noise it's like it's like being in Stamford Bridge when you know the crowd are really up for it and and the noise is just like ricocheting around the place there's nothing quite like that buzz. You can't quite get that from anything else. So, yeah, an amazing summer. The season's back, and I'm feeling pretty good about Chelsea's chances. I can't lie. Yeah. I mean, you know what that's like, Nick, seeing in front of 100,000 people. I mean, if you've, if you've done it once, you've done it 100 <laughs> times, you know? So, I mean, it's how, it's how I feel in the Apple Podcast Review every week, guys. Please, it's enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that is fantastic, and we're so excited that you're able to take it in yesterday. Uh, especially that's, you know, something that we aren't able to do on a weekly basis to get that boots on the ground sense of what the stadium is like. And we're excited to touch on that. Uh, but before we get into this, obviously, it's the Aston Villa match review. Chelsea, big winners on the day. So we're going to be talking about how it was actually, though, quite a tough test from the villains. How to go just so we're going to talk about standout performances from Kova, Big Ron, Mendy and Tiago Silva, who... We didn't even know if he was going to be able to play, as we discussed in our match preview. Not until one day before. Oh, thanks. my <laughs> gosh. And then, sadly, we have to dedicate an entire section to Nick's prediction streak continuing. But, hey, if we can start to monetize off it, maybe it'll all be, be better. But before we do that, Nick, I'm going to hand over the three-word match review uh, to you. Look, there, there are plenty of worthy candidates this week uh, for a weird, uh, consequential good vibes but also tough tests kind of match there was a lot to work with here but uh motor mount with heroes and villains uh, an easy one for this one but i like that one uh mr thurman with villa get rominated i like that. that uh of course rom sweet rom uh home sweet home reference <laughs> there from brad Polly to brent with kova finally converts which is a thing that we will talk about at length today ultra ernie with big rom's house um <laughs> which is really hard to argue right now. Glenn Coco with undefeated Captain Alonzo has to be I said. Mean, undefeated and untied. accurate. <laughs> should, should retire right now uh, with that 1,000% <laughs> record. Uh, Nicholas J. Gomez redid the Captain Leader Legend banner with Alonzo on it, which is, is funny. I like that. <laughs> uh, Mr. Thurman, again, two entries, by the way. This is how good this dude was this weekend. Uh, 600 win club. Chelsea entered the mm-hmm. 600 win club, which is really nice. And then one that will probably get some some time. A better c- recall, Saul, from Classic 86K. <laughs> That's tough. That's a little tough. Uh, Francisco with assist Piloqueta strikes again. John hey. Dolazar with big pick Nick, because those two things work together. We'll talk about that in a minute. Brandon, uh, Phil, right after your own heart with Mendy Brick Wall. Has to be said. <laughs> Absolutely. The Sultan of SWAT with very flattering scoreline. 
and then Burt Cubed with Better Call Jorginho. <laughs> you know, that no, classic please. trope. Yeah. Uh, so, look, I mean, there's tons there. Work with what you want. Absolutely. They really are. Um, yeah, I doubled down as you, you're probably going to expect with Super Edouard Mendy. I mean, the amount of saves he had to make kept us in it. It was fantastic. It wasn't his casual bystander clean sheet at all today. So I'm always going to shout him out uh, when, uh, you know, we talked about goalkeepers saving points and things like that. He absolutely did yesterday and it was it was great to see. So uh, what about you, Abby? Uh, I've gone for Hail Ruthless Rom because he is fantastic. I think we knew he was going to be fantastic, but he does not disappoint. I was reading some stats and it was like he only had 25 touches of the ball in total in the game. Two attempts on goal, two goals. Done. Clinical. He's just a beast. And they're just totally different finishes as well, using both feet. We're so lucky to have him. Just another masterclass from him. What you just said should scare the absolute shit out of our opponents because if he doesn't need much and we really didn't have that great of an offensive day, uh-oh. Um, yeah. He's so yeah. confident. That's that's yeah. what's crazy. Like, we are not used to seeing that. It's been <laughs> a bit. Uh, I went with Champagne Super Kova. We got to give Kovacic some props <laughs> today. I mean, this this cat was just absolutely on one from minute one. Uh, really helped rescue that terrible first half for us and uh, then stole one, which is is fun. So, yeah, big, big fan of his uh, on the day. Yeah. Uh, Gary Hayes, uh, please write in. We'd love <laughs> yeah. to hear your thoughts. Yeah, Gary, please. Perspectives. Uh, all right. Well, before we get into it, we just want to say a quick shout out to Michael and Lewis for jumping on our Patreon. Uh, they're in our Discord. They have access to the Fantasy Premier League and our Ted Lasso episode. So again, um, best Chelsea community online that you can be a part of if you don't have a local pub or group to watch with. That's all we recommend. And then, uh, Nick, we have four Apple Podcast reviews. Um, again, the easiest way to, to let us know, A, we're doing a good job, and B, let the world help them to find us everyone should be listening to us so yes uh <laughs> another expensive app one from canada sunny gill 915 from the u.s johnny sis from the u.s and von von poo one of the best names <laughs> we've ever seen here from australia you cheeky bastard all right well match review tom it was aston villa this past saturday september 11th obviously a very big day over here in the united states um it was in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge. Scoreline, Chelsea 3, Matt Laws Villa nil. We I think that's their not. official title, right? A- absolutely. Yep. Uh, especially on this show, you know, with the deep connections <laughs> we have. Uh, we won't rub it into his face. So we just have to drop this here. Maybe someone will tweet the clip to him. So uh, we're going to shout out to the fifth standout. They let us use the highlights. So before we get into the match and everything, let's listen to it back and hear how it went. Here we go. It's in the door again, the man to take. Mason Mount only amongst the substitutes today. So he's on set piece duty. Oh, it's a great one as well. And off the bar. Referee doesn't have a look at his watch. Lovely from Kovacic, he can go through the gears and look to set Lukaku away. He's bent it beautifully into his path. It's Romelu Lukaku cutting back. Yeah! And scoring his first goal at Stamford Bridge. It was inevitable, wasn't it? His first game back here. One of his favourite opponents. And Romelu Lukaku has taken no time at all to reintroduce himself to the Stamford Bridge faithful. Big gap in the Chelsea midfield just for a minute, and now Ollie Watkins looking to level up straight away, and only a good save from Edouard Mendy stops him from doing that. Well one back here by McGinn. Oh, it's a clever ball as well. Watkins will surely equalise. Thiago Silva somehow blocks it, and Kovacic will get it away. to you on that time, it's dropped for Mings, and Mings has had a go, and Mendy saved it, what about the follow-up, he saved that as well, unbelievable stuff from the Chelsea goalkeeper, Mings let that roll across his body, Kovacic might be able to, yes, Matteo Kovacic with his first ever goal at Stamford Bridge, it comes at the 73rd time of asking, and it came gift-wrapped from Tyrone Mings. Yeah, Sean Ferguson, the doy. Come back through for Marcos Alonso. It's Piliqueta, away from Mings, finding Lukaku. Can he add another here? Yeah! 
thumped into the roof of the net for the perfect finish from Romelu Lukaku. What a start to his second time around. What a finish. These two will do all again in the Cup in a couple of weeks' time. But in the Premier League here this evening, it's finished Chelsea 3, Aston Villa nil. All right, lineup time. Nick, again, I feel like I'm throwing to you a lot here. You good or do you need me to jump good. in? good. All right, all right, man. Here all we go. I got I got legs for days. Uh, <laughs> all right. Edouard Mendy between the sticks per usual. Trev Chalaba back in the lineup. I love this. It was great yes. to see him. Tiago Silva and Rudiger made up the back three. Callum Hudson-Odoi getting a rare start yesterday. And Mark Alonso paired on the in the wingback roles with Kovacic and Saul starting, although the, the that one start didn't last very long. Uh, Hakim Ziyech, Kai Havertz, and Romelu Lukaku up front. So a very, very strong lineup. Uh, the bench uh, had some interesting names on it, names that we might not have seen for some time. Uh, Kepa uh, is, is obviously our backup keeper. Andreas Christensen uh, did not quite make the starting lineup. Jorginho enters the fray at halftime. Timo Werner enters the fray late. Ruben Loftus-Cheek makes the bench. That's fun. Ross Barkley makes the bench. Not as fun. Uh, Mason Mount, uh, obviously coming off of England duty. Uh, ben Chilwell and Cesar Espilicueta, or as he is more affectionately known, Assis Pilicueta. All right, just some of the top line stats real quick. Pay attention because some of these might surprise you. Chelsea had 12 shots, four on target. Villa had 18 with six on target. We did have 57% possession at home. Uh, we had 11 fouls apiece. Both teams had 11. We had one caution. Villa had four, which they definitely uh, discussed. And then we had two offsides there, one, four corners to their 11. And then very much lastly, the XG from at XG Philosophy had us at 1.35 to Villa's 1.37. So, Abby, we got lineup, we got XG, we got stats. Where, where do you want to start? Shall we talk about our performance? I feel like let's not skirt around it it wasn't a complete performance from us by any stretch of the imagination but lots of players you know they weren't fully fresh after the international break and there were some flashes of brilliance and when we could break down Villa and take our chances we absolutely did 3-0 is definitely a flattering scoreline isn't it against a team that were really physical they created chances they really battled their way through the 90 minutes Mendy I think won the game for us really with a little bit of help from Thiago Silva with that pretty crucial block to stop Watkins goal going in. I mean, he's just there with killer save after killer save, isn't he? He's phenomenal. I feel like I wouldn't take any other keeper above him at the moment. I think he's, he's unreal. And then I guess we should talk about the debut from Saul, but I'll, I'll hand over to you guys for that bit. Uh, just on the stats side, could I quickly say that the, 12 shots, I don't remember most of them, which tells me kind of what I need to know about our offensive performance yesterday. I think Tuchel even said in his in his post-match that there were a few really big missed opportunities in the second half where primarily Ziyech did not pull the trigger in the right direction with the final ball and kind of let that, that flow down a little bit. And that was pretty disappointing because I thought that we had the better of the of the chances in the second half for the most part. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a physical tough game, and the fact that you know eleven fouls apiece, and we were probably a little fortunate to have uh, only one yellow card uh, given some of the challenges that went in. Mm. Brandon, that to me was just kind of summed it up that this this Villa team came to play. This was not a this was their, their best performance of the season by far to this point. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. And again, the results haven't really gone their way. We talked about they've had a little bit of a slow start post Grealish. You know, they've had some injuries and some things like that. So it's not straightforward. Uh, but yeah, I mean, where we're at is is this is important that you can have a team like Villa have one of their best performances of the season. And Chelsea dealt with it rather comfortably. Not, I mean, it wasn't a walk in the park, but to come out with the scoreline and to be able to have managed those threats that came at us uh, that's a sign of of like a really good team with experience and and hopefully uh, kind of that mental edge to to make a run at winning the Premier League title and and you know many other trophies. So I think that's what you know we'll get into a little bit more with, but uh, definitely positive signs early on from this team. So uh, a random stat or two. So the 
Premier League account tweeting Fortress Stanford Bridge. Chelsea are unbeaten in the last 91 Premier League matches at home when leading at the break. Well, that's a nice caveat, but that says when we go up, we stay up. <laughs> I would not have I would not have guessed that, by the way. I didn't know that was the thing. So that's good. Yep. Yep. Uh, next one that we have the Chelsea's defensive stats. You put this nice little clip in here, Nick. So since Thomas Tuchel's appointment, Chelsea have only conceded 14 goals. Uh, and again, this looks like it's in the Premier League, which ranks first in that time. We have 13 clean sheets ranks first in that time. We've only mm-hmm. faced 58 shots on target, which ranks first in that time. And our XG against us is 15.5, which here we go again, is first in that. <laughs> I mean, Abby Tuchel has been such a revolutionary uh, change. Obviously, no one wanted. Well, I shouldn't say no one. A lot of people did not <laughs> want to see Frank Lampard leave when he did. But it seems in hindsight, the club absolutely nailed this appointment. Yeah, he is just an incredible manager, isn't he? Tactically, he's got it right every single time. Even when sometimes I've been like, huh, you're, oh, you're playing Kepa or you're, you're changing keeper for a penalty shootout. You know, he, he has surprised us at, at various points. I mean, he probably will surprise us this season. He definitely did last season, but he always gets it spot on. And, you know, taking on the reins after a club legend is, is a difficult job, but I think we all we all love him. He's such a likable guy. Whenever he talks about the club, you can tell that he now loves Chelsea. He's Chelsea through and through. And I think he is getting the best out of these players. There's such a, a nice vibe around this team at the moment. You can tell that they are all super competitive and genuinely believe they can they can win everything. And just the way they get on with each other and the connections that are there. So nothing but praise for, for Thomas Tuchel. What, what a man. He's been here since late January and the team has faced 58 total shots on target. I mean, Norwich faced that many in the first three games of the season. I think like it, it's, it's just insane. And it Amazing. shows you that threats are being cut out far before they ever reach a dangerous territory. Right. I mean, the, the amount of control that this back five with the, with the midfield has on the game, the amount of outlets they have to pass the ball to each other to get out of tough situations, this this system won us the Champions League. I mean, yeah. it's, it's very, very tough to break down. And even though Villa had a better shot at it yesterday than many have had, it still wasn't enough to quite get through because then you have big Edwa back there just making saves all over the place. So, yeah, I, I feel for teams that don't have Villa's athleticism and pressing ability because it's, it's likely not going to go that well. All right. Well, we're going to take our ad break, get it out of the way. Uh, but again, we've got a lot to cover uh, digging into this one. We, we thank the sponsor of Financial Sporting Show. And we'll be right back. All right, here we go. Um, but before we get into it, I just again, we, we've got episodes this week, and it's really important that you guys hear that Nick is continuing to do amazing women's match reviews. And they're going to be dropping on Tuesdays. All right, we drop the men on Monday, these on Tuesday. We've got the Champions League review. All right, on Wednesday. So now that's back to back to back pods. And oh, yeah, we'll do a Spurs preview on Friday. So again, content. We, we've got some. That's a classic four-pod week right there. We, we've got some content coming this week. Uh, but as we get into the match review here, was the final score flattering to Chelsea? So again, we've talked about well done to Villa. They came to the bridge. Uh, they switched up their formation to go toe-to-toe with us. Uh, dug in, dug deep, and, and, and like I said, changed or challenged the team, Nick. So I, I think credit where credit's due because uh, Liverpool having been gifted a massive advantage Arsenal nor Crystal Palace have really given us a test uh, of what this team's made of. Uh, I mean, it has to be said when teams try and even going back to the Antonio Conte area, it is insane for teams to try and play a three back against us. If that is not their normal formation, it most of the time it ends in utter disaster. And so it, for them to to play a three, five, two yesterday to try and win the midfield battle uh, and match us on the wings I thought was was likely to head in that same direction. And it has to be said that they had a far better first half than we did. I think we clawed it back in the second half, but they gave it to us just as well as we were giving it yesterday, Abby. And and I think this is kind of what you were referencing. Um, They have the athletes and they have the selflessness in that team because they don't really have a bona fide superstar anymore to play in a system where everyone's kind of giving their all for everyone else. And there are not many teams, as I was kind of going through in my head in the Premier League, that have 
that kind of attitude and that kind of athleticism. And I think that's why they gave us trouble. Yeah, I totally agree. They're such a physical side. And I felt like, I guess, Saul getting a little bit lost in in the pivot and, you know, him still adjusting to the speed of the Premier League. He was taking a little too long to to move the ball on. And with Villa pressing as aggressively as they were, he lost the ball, I mean, a, a lot. I mean, I was looking at the stats earlier. He didn't win any of his duels in in the first half and his, his passing wasn't really up to scratch either, was it? It was all a little bit sketchy, but you know that he's going to get there because he's a, he's a world-class player and he's absolutely got the skill, but yeah, Villa really tapped into that, I think, and just kept getting us uh, on the break. And we're just so lucky to have Mendy because some of those chances were, were pretty good. So it's kind of funny last night, uh, Sky, you know, as they're interviewing, you know, players and managers and things like that, they asked Villa's manager, they uh, asked Dean Smith, they're like, oh, were, were you planning to go after Saul, you know, because he's new to the league and stuff? He goes, I didn't think he was going to play. Like, no, we didn't prepare for this contingency. Uh, but when the guys got out there, I'm sure that they quick made the adjustment, say, let's go at him. Yeah, Sewell did not have a great introduction. Thomas Tuchel handling it like the master of player management he is owned up to it, said, I threw him in. He had a good international break. I thought we could get him integrated right away. They're like, I was, he just admitted is probably not the right way to do it. So he's like, we hooked him, not his fault. He goes, that's on me. I didn't put him in a position to see succeed. And I just immediately was like, Tuchel is so, so on point with like mm-hmm. at least protecting him, right? Because now Sewell doesn't feel like, he takes away the media narrative, right? I think a little bit out of that. I, I read those quotes a little bit differently, though. I, I don't know. It, it, it probably just not hearing the interview itself, but the quotes are kind of tough. Yeah, there, there were some big mistakes, passing mistakes. He struggled with the intensity. You can see he's fully adapted. Obviously, it's his first game. Um, he did take the full responsibility, but... Uh, you can either do it or not do it. I told him before, it's my responsibility if it doesn't work out. Uh, for the matter of your life, I, that one I don't get. Uh, he struggled a bit and created some half chances for Villa. This is what I saw. I, I counted six times, Abby, where he lost possession and Villa went on a break against mm-hmm. us. And that, in, in a team where that doesn't happen very often, right, because there's so much control, it's very noticeable if someone's having an off day. And unfortunately, it was him. Yeah, absolutely. It felt like Cover really carried him in the first half. I think if he wasn't having a great day, we would have would have felt it even more so. But it felt like as soon as Jorginho came on for the second half, it was like, ah, oh, let's all take a collective deep breath. There was just a lot more control and organisation in the midfield, wasn't there, which was exactly what you need. And it makes you realise he totally controls the tempo for Chelsea and the team miss him so much whenever he's not on the pitch. The the audio quotes, in my opinion, sounded much more empathetic and like caring okay. to Fair the enough. point. When you read those, they do sound damning. And I get it. You know, Abby even said it and Statman Dave tweeted it. So won zero of his seven ground duels. You know, you think about those back passes that literally went to Ollie Watkins, who then cut in and, you know, got there. Or he didn't lose it to Ollie, but he gave it to whoever else was in attack, got a right to Ollie. I'm sure he gave it to Ings. It, and there were some very obvious moments where it didn't come out for him. Um, but, you know, you had to integrate him in sometime. It sounds like, you know, they wanted to get Jorginho some rest. Conte clearly injured. So he he definitely rolled the dice. And he got away with it. Um, But that is, you know, one that I think scared us a a little bit. But at the same time, it gave Kovacic a chance to establish himself. Uh, It gave him a chance to be a leader from the middle. And and that's what we saw today were individual moments of brilliance, individual players stepping up and kind of breaking through the, the fight that was happening between the two teams. And again, Mateo Kovacic was at the middle of it. He he had himself a day. He picked up right where he left off against Liverpool and continued his form in a man of the match performance against Villa. My only question is, will it be a Dan of the match performance? Ooh, we'll, mm. we'll see. We'll see what the Twitter, mm. the Twitterverse has to say. Um, so I guess Abby, Mateo Kovacic is probably what, he, what two years ago won like Chelsea's play of the year, then was largely frustrating to watch last season Tuchel I guarantee is his set new expectations for Kovacic and and what he brings to the team 
What was it like watching him yesterday in person? It was great. I feel like he was back to his best. I thought he was superb. He really deserved that goal. He was so hungry for it, you know, with pressing. Also, that pass to set up Lukaku's first goal was just perfect. Like seeing that actually happen in the stadium, I was like, I I don't know if I've ever seen a pass quite so perfect. I've obviously watched it on loop since and it still is just absolutely brilliant. Um, I feel like as soon as he's got this number eight shirt, it's kind of unlocked a, a new level. He, yeah, he he was just killer yesterday and it was uh, a joy to watch him. And it feels like everyone was so made up for him as well. The fact that he scored and it was his first goal at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, the crowd went wild um, and we're super chuffed for him. A handful of questions. Who is this man uh, and what did he do <laughs> with Mateo Kovacic? It feels like that. When did he become Cesc Fabregas with the long <laughs> ball? Uh, and uh, is Cesc okay? I, I want to know. And then I I just haven't seen this level of dynamism from him consistently, right? I mean, I think we all know that he possesses really good ball skills and can advance the ball. But he was pressing yesterday in a way that I haven't really seen in a while. And then to be able to break a team that's pressing you, you have to have quick passing and shiftiness to get around players who are trying to pin you in, right? I mean, he did that a number of times yesterday, especially when Saul was was not a great midfield pivot partner to him. And that was that was just fascinating to see like when when the pressure's on him, he's not gonna break. Like he he really had to put him on his shoulders yesterday and and really own that midfield by himself. These are these are kind of three points that I, I think are crazy considering where he ended the year last year, which was, a, you know, a sub at maximum. Um, and I don't know, Brandon, if you felt the same way, but I was just very surprised. Look, I think it's very much Tuchel setting expectations for him and telling what he needs him to do and, and Kovacic, you know, having to answer that call. Um, you know, I we know he's very tidy in possession, Right. We know that he can get out of tight spaces and he's very, you know, great at it at short distance bursts, you know, on the dribble and kind of like breaking the line. Where we've we've been concerned about is defensively, what can he have to offer, especially when it's him and Jorginho. Jorginho's clearly found a way to be successful in that double six. And in Kovacic, it maybe he's just starting to settle in as well. Finally, it's it's clicking for him. But to me, it was more of like a leadership role. It was more of like a pointing. It was more of a I'm gonna go get the ball. I want to be involved the whole time. And to me, that is a mentality and like approach difference rather than, oh, Mateo Kovacic found his left foot. Like, it's not like that. <laughs> big, big Rom also said his quote was the coach said before the game, when we recover the ball, we have to play it forward very quickly. I wasn't doubting uh, Kova's quality for the first goal. It was a great pass. And he was, he basically said, I played with Tuan Zebe back in the day. He knows I'm left footed. So he switched, like, he switched to my right, which gave me the opportunity. Uh, to kind of pivot off of that. And so it was just, uh, it was a mirror goal to uh, Fabregas to Costa back in, back in 14, 15. It was, it was an unbelievable uh, play for big day statistically for Kova uh, at Opta Joe saying three Mateo Kovacic has both scored and assisted a goal in the same game for the first time in the Premier League and third time in his top five European league career. Also doing it for Inter versus Sassuolo back in 2014 He's probably a teenager then. And then Real Madrid versus Real Sociedad in 2017, a rarity. And then Mateo having fun with it as well. Finally scored at the bridge, laughing emoji face. <laughs> Great team performance, bicep flex. I mean, it's good. You know, he's aware. He gets it. But he celebrated like, hey, are you surprised? Like, been I here did before. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was, I, I loved uh, Car CFC Carl saying, Kovacic since getting the eight and he put a he put a picture of Lampard up there. I was like, my God, this is we're getting out of hand now, guys. All right. Can we just all if he does that 20 more times this season? Maybe. All right. So Kova, great day. Loved it. Edouard Mendy, great day. Really loved it. All right. Expected at expected Chelsea tweeting out some of the stats over the last two matches. Right. So Liverpool down a man for essentially half a match plus. Uh, and now Villa, he's had 12 saves, nine saves from inside the box, four crosses collected, three punches, 
Uh, 14 of his 29 long passes completed. That's hair under 50%. Needs a lot more recognition. Maybe from outside, Chelsea. Abby, to your point, you said you'd take him number one overall. I'm right there with you. Uh, he is even raised his level, it seems like, again, this season on top of everyone else's. And you just feel good. Like, poor Keppa. Sorry, boss. But, like, mm-hmm. Mendy is in such good form right now. Yeah, you just feel so comfortable, don't you, with him between the sticks just because he is so reliable. And like you say, with with stats like that, he's kind of superhuman. I mean, during that Villa game, he made a save and then literally two seconds later had to make another really difficult save. Makes it look easy. We're lucky to have him, but I totally agree that outside of the Chelsea fan base, I think he's still a little bit underrated. But that's fine. That's normally the Chelsea narrative, isn't it, being the underdog? So whatever he's on pace right now uh long way to go but he's on pace to join uh cesar espilicueta in the greatest bargain purchases of all time uh category i mean like yeah 25 million or whatever we paid for him for him to be uefa goalkeeper of the year to have the type (laughs) of year that he had last year and to to be physically in his most dominant phase of his career means that you know, when Villa try and play corners or, or, or uh, you know, have really difficult set pieces from different difficult angles, he's able to come out and claim because he is 6'6 six, six and has a wingspan <laughs> that is 7'1", and there's just no one who can jump that high. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he is insane. He was my man of the match yesterday. Nothing against Kova. I just I, – I couldn't believe that it was the one from Konza where he mishit it and kind of floated it. And he was already on the ground and then got up and saved it again. And the whole back line came over and was like just slapping him on his head because it was just an insane save to make. A lot of people would have let that in. Again, some people may say it was a little dramatic of him. I would just remind everyone that he had to push it away from danger as his first block went right back into danger. And we saw what happened. So uh, well, it's, it's notable that all goalkeepers are incredibly dramatic. So just note that actually quite no listening. nonsense as a, as a group, <clears throat> thankfully. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And again, his ability to be settled with the back line in front of him. Um, Tuchel is asking the team to play uncomfortably out of the back at times. And Mendy, we went from almost letting a ball go into the back of his net last year under Frank to now looking confident with the ball at his feet. So, um, all right. I think another one that we have um, that we can that we can look at is Lukaku. I mean, where I look, I don't really need to put anything out there. It's just a given. Big Rom doing the business, Nick. I love this man. <laughs> I, I just love him. I like. I was so happy when we signed him, and he has been exactly what I thought he would be, and then some uh, in, in his first three matches. Uh, to see the passion and the enthusiasm he had after scoring his first goal at the bridge, his terrible knee slide that that vaulted him <laughs> almost into the stands, <laughs> uh, and just how fired up he was. Uh, it just. It just means more to him, Abby. It just means more to him. And I love that. I love the connection there that he's wanted to do this since he was 11 years old. Like that. I mean, what a what a moment for him. Yeah, I totally agree, Nick. I feel like that's what's so special about him is that he just loves Chelsea. That return to Stamford Bridge felt special to him. And from the celebration of, of the goals, you could see you could see that. And I think he's the ultimate signing because he is that out and out number nine striker that we so desperately needed last season, but also, you know, the sentiment and the deep connection is there between him and the club and him and the fans as well. He's just, yeah, an absolutely 10 out of 10 signing. And I'm so excited to, to watch him probably get the golden boot, to be honest. That, that photo before you read all the stats and quotes, Brandon, which are, are worthwhile. That photo after a second goal where he was just in front of the of the shed and going, yeah, yeah, this is me. Let's go. This is who I am as a person. Hang uh, it in a gallery. Beautiful stuff. Unbelievable. I wonder, I guess I, I clearly, and I don't know, most people probably didn't realize how much affection he still has for the club. I mean, it is fiery inside of him. You know, when mm-hmm. he went to United, which sounds like, 
there was some agent meddling, obviously, maybe Chelsea not doing enough, but he's since changed representation. So you could very easily point to that. Um, obviously had a terrible time, went to Inter Milan, Conte, him, obviously bromance, loved it, connected. I think I, I was surprised, you know, Matt Law bringing it up last winter and then this summer, you know, Chelsea were very publicly hot on, you know, Holland's trail. And then we like pivoted our attention once we realized, yeah, it's probably not going to go. We went to Rom and he'd already came out like, no, I'm happy. Inter Milan, here we go. Title defense. Chelsea calls once. He's like, all right, where do I sign? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, I, and like, I just didn't realize that his affection for the club was still so strong. I mean, he literally was like, do not care about United. Do not care about Inter Milan. Like if Chelsea are asked me to come be their number nine, I can't say yes fast enough. And I think that's what makes this such a, a perfect match for the club, the fans and the player. I mean, the reception, I mean, every, each time he scored, Mm. I, I don't know how it sounded to you, Abby, being in the stadium, but it sounded like the place was about to fall to the ground. It was, I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, the, the level of chanting. Just people absolutely love him, and you can tell he he's he's buzzing off it as well. It's his boyhood club. And like you say, Chelsea give him the call, and, and he's there. He wants to come and emulate his hero, doesn't he, in Didier Drogba. And I think, man, so far, so good. He's put in some fantastic performances, and he's just so clinical. He literally just gets a sniff of goal, and it's in. So long may it continue. The second one, absolute oh, laser from out. So like good. He had to get it out of his feet. I was like, oh, this is not going to be anything. And then, ping. Yeah. He still didn't okay. get it out of his feet. Like yeah, that's scary too the because what he the amount of power that he generated, uh, I mean the, the goalkeeper didn't stand a chance. Steal, I think it was. What'll what'll happen uh, when he actually gets a hold of one is the question. Oh, grounds crew are in trouble. That nut's coming down. <laughs> the stanchion is is removed. Uh, Statman Dave breaking it down, saying that uh, that Big Rom has scored in six consecutive Premier League appearances versus Aston Villa. So I'm think about uh, fantasy Premier League uh, managers. And he's finally off the market, Stanford Bridge. Everyone was kind of talking about it. I mean, Arlo repeated it over and over and over in the U.S. commentary. Never mm-hmm. scored a Stanford Bridge his first run at Chelsea. Never scored a Stanford Bridge at United. And now finally did. And uh, it clearly, clearly meant a lot to him. And now we're like, okay. Well, that really weak record is broken. Duh. <laughs> that won't be holding him back. No curse of the number nine shirt or anything with this guy. Um, and again, just the cherry on top. You know, he talked about it again. He said, it's my dream since I was 11 to score here. Lukaku explained to Sky Sports following the victory. Uh, he says, I've worked hard for this moment. I'm very happy for the win. It was an important game for us. We showed the will to win from the first minute. And I'm very happy with the result. In Italy, I was playing in a league where I maybe had one or two chances a game. So I had to take them. I'm very happy with the situation I'm in. And we keep going because a lot of the pundits and people are saying he didn't have two clear cut chances. He had two half chances. He took both half chances and he just did the business as a striker. Um, going to be making room in my fantasy team for big ROM really, really quick. <sighs> All right. Tiago Silva, another one that we can continue to share our love and affection for. But it's crazy, Abby, it was this whole FIFA international break. And obviously there's red list countries in the UK, and which is hard as like, every country has their own red, green, yellow list and things like that. So it's like the, the players in Spain could potentially go to some countries, but players in England can't go to other con- the same countries. So it created this huge amount of confusion. And it sounded like Chelsea had maybe worked something out with the Brazilian Federation. And long story short, Thiago Silva stayed, did not go. Um, and then there was rumors right before the match he might be suspended because he wasn't released to go on international duty. So you either get quarantined for 10 days or suspended. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Thankfully, Tiago Silva made available to Tuchel right at the end. Yeah, I'm so glad he got to play. I really wasn't sure what was unfolding with that situation. I think we're all probably as confused uh, as each other. But Tiago Silva showing once again age is but a number. Doesn't miss a beat, does he? Honestly, what a man. And that block from him was just as crucial as Mendy saves, really. That that was that would have totally changed uh the game and, and gave Villa a lot more fuel to to think they were gonna win the three points. I mean, 
What kind of batshit crazy stuff is going on with these? Inter- like, can we just ha- like if you stayed in the country that you're going to play at the weekend, can we just say that you didn't try? Like, what is the deal? He mm. was at his house. He was po- his wife was posting Instagram stories from their pool. Like, what <laughs> what's the, what is the deal here? I, like, I just don't. It's it's crazy. But yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I have more gray hairs than he does, and he's four years older than I am, which makes me very upset. And well, obviously he colors his hair, Nick, to cover it. Well, that, that blonde mop thing that he has going on is the one flaw in his, in his whole thing. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, he's still rocking and rolling right now. I mean, it, that the block, the, the screenshot that we have in the script is instinct mm. and everyone, every Villa player is like, no, it hit his arm. No, it hit his arm. It hit him right in the chest. I mean, he knows what he's doing. One thing Tuchel talked about post-match was that he wanted Jorginho to come on so Tiago Silva and Jorginho could control the game. So all of a sudden, I'm like watching back because what happened was I, I was I was away yesterday, so I listened to the Sky Sports podcast version of the recap, then watched the game. So I like got all these talking points in my mind so I could like look for them in the match. And Tiago and Jorginho, right, they are buddies, you know, obviously mm. they did the the bleaching of the hair because of, you know, the reporter <laughs> thing. Um, they definitely still speak Portuguese to each other or maybe potentially Italian because Tiago Silva spent so much time in AC Milan. Maybe Jorginho's learning French just for fun. Um, but like they are connected. And now we've started to see Tiago Silva quarterback, to use an American expression, uh, from the center defense where he will drive into the midfield and look to be a bit of a, a playmaker as well. Same with Jorginho. Like these two, again, I don't know if it's because someone told me it happened and then I saw it happen, but Abby, like their connection is is very, is a lot stronger than I think I had realized, maybe because we hadn't seen Tiago this season, but those two are on the same page, communication-wise, play style-wise, where each other are. Uh, and that is something I'm going to continue to watch this season as, as that progresses, because those two, yeah, they st- everything went through them yesterday. Yeah, I almost don't think of them as a duo as such, but I'm going to be looking out for that more going forwards. And I think it's just both, it's because both of them are so experienced and they can read the game so well. They know exactly where each other need to be, both just phenomenal talents. And I'm so glad that we've got these these leaders in our team. And I think that's why this, this current Chelsea crop is amazing because you've got, you know, the amazing academy players coming through, but you've also got these absolutely world-class leaders <clears throat> that have won everything. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a, an amazing mix. Yeah. At the end of the game yesterday, you had uh, Thiago Silva, Jorginho, Aspilicueta, Big Rom, who is 100% a leader in case you, you missed that one. Yeah. Uh, and, and you had Alonzo who wore the captain's armband yesterday. Um, why? Not exactly sure, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, you had all these players back there and, and, and big Mendy's back there too. And so, there's a ton of leadership in that team. I mean, that's six of the 11 players that it's referenced that, that could have worn the armband at any given point. I mean, that's that's really great. Yeah. Um, as our back line, Rudiger won two out of his three aerials. Tiago Silva won two out of two. And Shalba won one out of one. Um, you know, Mendy coming out and collecting crosses. That is a rock-solid group. Uh, you know, and you still have Christensen to come in. Aspie didn't play. Uh, Aspie won, I think, quite a few headers, even in his his sub minutes as well. So, um, any any other shout outs maybe that, that we want to touch on? I'll I'll pass it on to you guys before I before I throw one out there. Um, I guess on ups or downs. I mean, a, a lot of players. It was a team effort yesterday, um, mm-hmm. which I think was pretty good. Uh, Kai Havertz was in there. Uh, Ziesh with some rare minutes. I, I was kind of down on Ziesh, even though I think he created some some stuff yesterday i mean i think he he was more selfish because i think there's so much competition in the team that you have to stand out these days to to get a consistent run and he just made some really really poor decisions all day you mean when and he shot really, from 25 and he had two or three passes like on? i was like dude and the the thing that really bothered me is that it was him and callum and, and kai on the right hand side for most of that first half when things were not going that great so when we did get the ball i was like all right let's do something let's let's pass the ball around and kai was passing and moving making great runs all first half 
Ziyech and Cal did not look his direction once when he would make a darting run into the box, and it drove me up the wall. I couldn't believe it. I was like, he's that's a really dangerous player you're just not passing the ball to right now. So uh, someone on Twitter was like, well, yeah, he's a guaranteed starter, and the other two need to make an impact, so they're probably looking to do something special. I was like, they would do something special by playing the team game that Tuchel wants them to play. Like, that's the thing you're missing in this is – he would applaud them for making the smart play, not the selfish play. And I think that's the thing that kind of irked me. I thought Ziyech was primed for Zenit, actually. Again, we saw how good he did in the Champions League last season. Um, put him in against Villa. Then, to be fair, that right side was tough yesterday. Not for their own fault. Chalaba, Callum, Ziyech, or whoever. And then Saul being over there a little bit. You had a lot of fresh faces on that right side. Um, and, and they did with it as best they can. Like, I wouldn't say Chalaba's best game, but again, not to a fault. I wouldn't say it was Alonso's best game, but again, not to a fault. And that's what you need. If you're going to have a, not your best day, but it doesn't cost the team, we're in a good spot. So, uh, Abby, anything you want to add in on that or uh, something else on your own? I was going to say, I was happy to see Chalaba back in the, the starting 11, um, I just think he's a really promising young player because he can do the defensive stuff, but he can also be progressive and, and move the ball up the pitch. Not necessarily his his best performance, but I'm excited that there definitely is a space for him in the in the team this season. It's it's phenomenal, phenomenal experience. Really quick on uh, for him to have Ollie Watkins drive at him all game. I mean, <laughs> that's a nice you, I mean, way of putting it. <laughs> I mean, but people yeah. like Ollie Watkins is a big player. He he would fit a lot of people's stereotypical striker back to goal type of striker, but he's actually a really skillful uh, attacking player Absolutely. and. He drove at Chalba a lot yesterday, yeah. and his Chalba had to adapt his game and figure out positionally where to go. And that's where I think someone like Dave will really help him this year is just showing him the the one on one positioning that he'll need because Dave's an expert at that. That's where that's where he's always made his money. So, yeah, I really I thought that was a, a good point. I wanted to see him because I didn't want him to get some minutes in preseason, the first match of the season, and we really don't see him until Christmas or something like that. So again, finding consistent minutes for him is going to be really, really key. Uh, as we're about to talk about Callum Hudson-Odoi, who is Mr. Hashtag consistent minutes needed. Please send more. Here's my Venmo because he needs them. Great, great hashtag, by the way. Tuku even admitted that he put him at right wing back and that's not his favorite position. It clearly is well discussed and well known that Callum is now being wedged into a spot and again, the circumstances that he was able to play even is an international break where he was at the training camp all that time while everyone else was out and maybe tired. Not a great opportunity. Well, Reese is, Reese is suspended, obviously, yep. for the right guard. Yeah. Aspie's gone, but Reese would have been on an international break. I would say I think Tuchel loves Guy. The more you work with him, the more he believes in you because you've had more time with him. Uh, because if you notice, almost everybody that was with him this break got minutes. Um, but again, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Abby, what did he look like for you guys, you know, playing as, as the right wing back, obviously he got into attack later, but how did it look from your perspective before I kind of give our perspective from the television broadcast? I thought he started well and he actually looked quite sharp. He was, he was taking players on, you know, he was doing what he does best, moving the ball up the pitch, crossing it in. But then I think he lost his way a little bit. And that's probably because he's playing in a position that he doesn't love. He wants to be, you know, an, an attacking player. Um, so it was a, it was a, yeah, a mixed performance uh, for me. Were you a fan or, or, or not? I, I think when they pressed up, and he got pinned back a little bit. It was very obvious that him and Trev didn't have the connection or like the the, the appropriate spacing mm. required to get out of those tight spots. And that's where I saw Kovacic working overtime. If you noticed, about halfway through, him and Saul swept or they swept, switched, swapped, um, switched? swapped, whatever. <laughs> yeah, there was some word in there that I was trying to get to that I didn't quite get to. Uh, <laughs> but they they swapped and and so Kovacic then became the pressure release valve on that side because it was clear that it just was not you know those five were not working together as well as we could have had and and that did change I think that allowed Callum to get up he made some decent crosses into the box there's no doubt about it but then to see him 
uh, when, when the substitutions happen to see him get to play his favored left wing position as a part of a three, I thought you just saw him smile like he was playing where he was supposed to play. The difficult part, though, is that we know that that is the most contended position in the entire team. I mean, you have just just today you had Cal uh, fighting uh, Ziesch and Havertz and Werner for that spot. Not to mention the fact that you're going to have Pulisic come back eventually for for that role in which he's played his best position there. So it's it's just really going to be tough for him to get minutes at his favorite role, which is hard. It's going to be tough for him to get minutes, period. Mm -hmm. Like at right wing back, you know, Reese locked down, Aspie can play there, and Callum. You know, and it's not easy for... Oh, don't forget Mason Mount is a part of that front three as well. So, you know, whatever. Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, but, and then it's not easy for a player to like have a tactical plan for a right wing back. And then I guarantee when he got moved to left wing, they just said, you've got experience, like, you know what to do, kind of figure it out. Right. So now, now he's like kind of working on his own accord and like what he thinks he should be doing. But Abby, I think you nailed it. Moments of brilliance, flashes of excitement overall, not the best day, but again, that right side uh from a fifa standpoint no team chemistry in that team uh very <laughs> few minutes played together and those guys though they battled and did the best of it and again didn't cost us i think they get a little little credit yes nick he he's only 20 i see you'd like to, to only, call that out he's, he's only 20 years old that's crazy um, just that is crazy 21. isn't it like i yeah. i do actually forget just how young he is and that's the thing. In a few years, hopefully with some some minutes at least, he is going to become just, you know, unbelievable. I mean, he turns 21 on November 7th. But, I mean, to our point, if he doesn't get minutes, you know, that's what we've been talking to Matt Law about and, and everyone who we can Chelsea, you. have this discussion with. Yeah, I mean, like, you ha- he has to play now. I mean, he has to get these minutes under his belt so that mm. when he's 24, 25, 26, he is really, truly in the prime of his career. That's a scary part, I think. Um, he doesn't want to be a wing back, and I frankly don't want him to be a wing back. I just don't see a way for him to consistently start in the role that he wants to start in. But he's made 100 Chelsea appearances. Like that, you know, and, and he was, I think, 17 when he made his first one. So, I mean, there... There's some, there is a player here. We just have to unlock him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before we get to the Dan of the match, Nick did it again. Assist Pilaquetas back. I mean, look, I predicted Saul starting and I didn't get any tweets. Well, one of ours was a positive inflection on the game. The other, <laughs> the other was not. We didn't know when the team sheet was announced <laughs> where it was going to go. Anyways, Phil, oh, Fine, oh you did it. Congratulations. <laughs> not, not accepted. Uh, look at all these tweets. <laughs> Phil was saying, oh, dear, assist Pilaqueta as well. AJ saying, assist Pilaqueta with a lot of exclamation marks. Tana, assist Pilaqueta, Nick Verlaney, laughing, crying emoji. Greg saying, laugh my ass off. Nick Verlaney cannot miss. Hashtag assist Pilaqueta, to which you quote tweeted, no lies detected. Uh, <laughs> Ryan says, assist Pilaqueta, eyeballs were responding to you and apparently Romelu Lukaku, because that's a normal tweet thread. And then you just tweeting it yourself, assist Pilaqueta, back, I did it again. <laughs> You're insufferable. Can you hear the smugness coming through? He's literally yes. go, I did it again. <laughs> Look, it, it was even more impressive considering uh, that Aspie had 20 minutes in the game or whatever. Uh, and that Big Rom did a lot of that hard lifting uh, on that one himself. But... Look, man, that's that's two big predictions to start the year. And I've had, I think, two the entire other seven years that we've been doing this. So I'm feeling what's your next right prediction? Now. We need to know. See, everyone wants like I got a couple of shouts yesterday, like Mason Mount hat trick. When when are you going to predict that? Are you just going to predict the treble now? And I was like, <laughs> guys, these things take time. Wait okay, for the Spurs match preview. The, yeah, the Oracle, oh, the Oracle needs to go and, and do some diligence as to what is in is the universe ayahuasca, a bit. is that what you're using sure <laughs> or other other fun things you know so <laughs> all right yeah i only tease uh dan, congratulations to me again yes, congratulations Thank you. to you again so the dan of the match on this one <laughs> uh cannot defend himself so let's see how he did he said dan of the match versus Aston villa not our best match but we got the dub who is your dan 
of the match. And we were given Kovacic, Lukaku, Mendy, and Thiago Silva. At first glance, not bad. I, I would say Dan. Those are the four. Dan surprised us with that. Uh, Thiago Silva only getting 2.1%. Uh, Lukaku with a brace in third place with 23.6%. Yes, you heard that correctly. Mendy in second with 34.7%. And Kovacic taking the points at 396 Apparently a goal and assist is what'll do it. Here's my theory of this, because I, I think I had Mendy. I think you probably had Mendy. I don't know where you were at on this one, Abby, but um, I think it... Kovacic edged it out because it was unexpected and Mendy is expected. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I would have probably gone Mendy just because I really do think he, he actually saved the game for us. But Kova, I mean, this this new version of him, I'm all about it. Kova HD. That's right. So <clears throat> before we get to just wrapping up with the league table and the title watch to see, see how everything stands... Um, Nick, do you want to explain what the NPET shithouse moment of the match is? Obviously, a working title. It's similar to XG, but you know, I'm sure people will figure it out. <sighs> yeah, we got to bump this up the script to more of the official stats. Um, the the MPET is is Nick Verlaine's patented eye test. The shithouse moment of the match should uh, should pretty much explain itself. Uh, John McGinn was a little bastard in this match. Uh, he was yelling and screaming and being just kind of an angry Scotsman all over the place. Uh, there were a couple of run-ins with him and Rudiger that I thought were absolutely hilarious <laughs> on so many levels. My favorite of the bunch was that uh, he tried to drive at Rudiger. Rudiger makes a clear interception, drives the ball upfield, passes the ball, turns around, goes back, and gets in his face because uh, Rudiger's insane um, as a human being. And I thought it was hilarious in real time. <laughs> Rudiger is like the master of shithousery, I think. I think oh. he, he's the one to beat, isn't he? <laughs> oh, man. It was like, as soon as he turned around, I was like, oh, no, what's he going to do? <laughs> yeah, uh, he he enjoys that. Um, but it's that spice, too. Like, you're not going to let people get away with that petty shit. You're not going to let attackers cry their way into a performance, right? And well, I this is... This is right after McGinn had gone in hard on Jorginho for the second time in like two minutes. And he was like complaining at him or whatever. And like everyone remembers Rudiger going up to Luis Suarez in the Champions League last year and basically doing everything except choke him. Um, I thought that was going to happen again. That would have been really fun. But just yelling. He's doing the Darth Vader thing. Just letting him know it was it was coming. Um, all right. Well, the table as it stands. Um, so Liverpool and Leeds are playing. So that kind of gives you a moment of reference of where we're at. Uh, United top of the table on 10 points. Chelsea second on 10 points. Liverpool as it stands, they're up one nothing. So they're on 10 points uh, if, if they get the victory. In third, Manchester City fourth. Brighton classically in fifth on nine points as well. Spurs sixth, West Ham seven, Everton eight. So that's kind of your top eight. So it's still early days, right? There's only one team in the league with no points as of right now, which would be North City. They're in 20th. Uh, Newcastle United on one point in 19th and Burnley on one point on 18th. So. Oh, man. Arsenal's no longer down there. <sighs> they, they picked up points. They got their victory. And they're up to 16th, Nick. So uh -huh. in and around the relegation zone is, I believe, how you accurately discuss that. Yeah, um, I've got a bet on that they get relegated. So I'd like to see that come off. Oh, <laughs> what are the odds on that? <laughs> I can't remember when I put it, but it was like, it was, yeah, I mean, high. I don't think they think it's going to happen. They probably got enough about them that they're not going to. But I don't know. I've just got a bit of a feeling. I really think they're in murky waters. Doesn't matter. Drinks on Abby. Drinks on Abby when she hits the lottery right? with this one. We're going <laughs> Even in. Just the feeling of placing that bet had to have been amazing. <laughs> You're like, I'm actually putting money on this because there's a chance it might happen. Yes, please. Take I've yes, never take seen my this take 20 pounds again. <laughs> this has just gone, but man, it's a laugh and oh, that's worth yeah, it. Yeah, it felt great. Can't lie. Oh, man, I love that. <laughs> well, that is a great way to to wrap this one up. Abby, again, thank you so much for joining us. So glad to hear you're at the match and, and crushing it in front of 100,000 people and just everything is going well for you. We, uh, we appreciate that, and our community loves when you're on, so they will be uh, shouting you out. So thank you for that. Oh, I hope so. Thank you so much for having me. 
All right, Nick, obviously crushed on the script work. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, Chelsea fans enjoy. All right. Second place right now uh, behind United, AKA Ronaldo. Uh, but we're in such a good spot. Uh, a couple tough tests coming up, right? Spurs and city in the league for the next matches, but uh, we're starting to add the champions league fixtures in. So it's going to come thick and fast again. Do not forget to listen to the women's uh, match review smashed everything for nothing. Uh, so it'll be a, a fun one to relive. So anyways, that's going to wrap us up Chelsea fans, but until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.